Hello, everyone. Welcome to the premiere episode of Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Matthew Whitaker, and I'm joined today by a dear friend from the Twitterverse, Mr. Hooked on Phonics, a.k.a. Lee. Hey, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, would the appropriate uh, salutation be hero since it's uh, Cinema Bushido? Or, uh, <laughs> or is anybody going to be, is that going to suffice? It might be. It might be good. Hero. We, d- <laughs> we decided for this initial episode that we would talk about a movie dear to my heart and another that maybe was once dear, but in retrospect had some issues. So I am a huge fan of the Zatoichi series of movies. After talking with Lee, we decided one that crosses over into American cinema is Zatoichi Challenged, which becomes Blind Fury. And, well, we're going to discuss both of them. We decided to give you the double deuce. Um, we're going to start out with Zatoichi Challenged and how we felt about that. And we're eventually going to get to its uh, cohort from, I think, 1986 yeah. and 1987, Blind Fury. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so here we go. Lee, I would first off love to ask you. Well, I get, I'm going to throw in a few things. I'm going to throw in some really good information about Zatoichi Challenged. First okay. off, Kenji Misumi, he was the director who did Zatoichi Challenged. He also did the original, the first 1962 Tale of Zetoichi, which I thought was really cool. Now, Zetoichi is played by uh, an actor named uh, Shintaro Katsu. Always, I've loved this man his whole career. He's been dead since 92 or something like that. But he had a brother, Tomisaburo Wakayama. Crazy name. Um, They were like birth brothers. Uh, they both chose their different names. Um, Tomisoro, or sorry, Tomisoro, he um, was in a really popular series of movies called Lone Wolf and Cub, where he was this disgraced samurai and he had to run around Japan with his uh, his baby cart, as they called it. So he had this like infant in his baby cart and he's avoiding all these horrible people who are trying to come after him. And he would then kill the hell out of him, just like Zatoichi would. It was very funny how similar they both were. Anyway, the director, Kenji Misumi, he also did the first Zatoichi. He did Lone Wolf and Cub. And he also did this thing called Hanzo the Razor, where Shintaro Katsu was this evil dude with this huge cock that would... He would, like, beat on his own cock. He, like, he had this wooden platform he'd put his cock on. And he would, like, whap on it with, like, wooden sticks to make his cock more, like, badass. And then in the series of this Hanzo the Razor, who was just, like, a badass guy, he would, like, fuck women with his super cock. It was fucking nuts. So I know that's all outside of what we've talked about, Lee, in terms of all of this. I just wanted to throw that history out there that not only are we watching a movie that's directed by the guy who did the first Satoichi, he did Lone Wolf and Cub, which is... Sadoichi's real-life brother, and then he also did uh, at least one of the Hanzo the Razors. So he's he's a spirited man. Yeah, um, I I uh, I was a I was a big fan. I I came into the movie with, without any preconceived notions, and uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed with the way that the the film it, it's not afraid to play with your emotions, you know, to make you laugh, to make you 
you know, worry to make you uh, smile. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of the action. And, and then at, at the same time, you, you come out of it and you, you wonder what's next. And then, you know, it's, it's like, it's just like, if there's a joke and then there's an action sequence and then you're like, really safe. There's like an awe moment, you know, when he can't afford to purchase his own sandals, but he's going to purchase sandals for this boy that he has no real obligation to. Oh yeah. It was really a heartwarming story and, uh, it was beautifully told. Uh, I had very little critiques whatsoever. I, I was, I was actually, I mean, I knew it would be good, because you don't laud high praise on things like very uh, liberally, so I knew that would be. Uh, I knew that I knew that was a good indicator, but I wasn't prepared for just how good that movie w- was. And 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 then trying to watch uh, Blind Fury after that, it was just uh, it, it just tainted the tainted the whole experience after that. Oh my so- god! Yeah, pause on that because I, I you know, it isn't really pause. I agree completely. Uh, yeah, I mean. So Zadoichi has always been so dear to my heart, and I, I love them all. I thought maybe we're going for, like, I think it's number 19 in the list. Let me double-check that. No, it's number 17. So they'd already done 16 yeah. Zadoichi movies. I mean, it's fucking crazy. And so they start out, a um, little bit of noise. They come up on him. They're kind of, like, sitting the stage. I feel like the audience at the time, it's all these Japanese guys that are just fucking down with this. They're like, this is the greatest thing ever. I love the fact, I've, this has always been a big thing about Zadoichi for me. And I, I feel it in my heart, and I feel like the Japanese feel it. And I, I can't speak to them, but I speak through that they made 26 Zadoichis. That yeah. they love seeing the same thing happen over and over <laughs> again. They love that there's a blind man... And people are going to come fuck with him, and he's badass, and he's going to kill the shit out of everyone and win. And he never falters. I've watched all 26 movies. Zedoichi isn't ever like, oh, oh, shit, somebody's pulling the wool over my eyes. I'm like, I'm lost. He wins. He's like a super... The body count in the entire... I mean, there was, there was not only just 26 movies. There was also a TV series. Like, wow. it, it went on for, like, six seasons. Like, they, they love it. They just eat it up. And I don't know if it's just the Japanese or just people like me is really the point. I love it myself. Watching, and I hate to jump straight in there, but I'm doing it right now. You uh-huh. said it is so sad to watch Blind Fury. I yeah. loved Blind Fury when I first watched it. I thought yeah. it was so great. And it killed my heart. I mean, it was so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it was '80s. It was an '80s movie, um, you know. So you're going to replace relying on the story and dialogue for, you know, uh, gratuitous action and the lesson that vigilante justice is still a form of justice. <laughs> if there's anything the 1980s have taught me, it's that you can take things into your own hands, and really, the cops won't ever get involved. So, and the, they might clean up the bodies of the people you kill, but. There's not going to be any real major investigation on what you did because you did the right thing, and I, I feel like that's a lesson that you know that that should that should be taught more often in cinema. Uh, but uh, you know, and I, I do appreciate like you know that there has to be broken glass and the the use of shotguns and and revolvers for the noise. You know, it it, 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 it I hadn't seen an eighties oh. like in a while. And so that was that was nice. I, I thought the uh, the way they did the camera scenes in the beginning were great. You know, I like when they show the carnage and they kind of snake through this maze with the camera 
to get to Rutger Hauer as he's in the swamp blind. I thought that was really endearing. Um, I, I thought there was a, there was a moment when he's being trained by the uh, indigenous people where he like the 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 guys the guys training him is probably like four foot eleven. Dude, and- that was brilliant. You were a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean I, that was the only part. I mean the whole beginning. You said it. There was the carnage. We get in there. The training sequence with this four foot guy showing him how to use his sword. I mean, I was like. Holy cow. And, you know, they had to use Vietnam because we're done with all the other countries, right? Like, that was the time, I mean, Missing in Action had just come out, Rambo, or at least First Blood. First Blood. Yeah. We were into Vietnam is the bad time. But here's the problem. Again, they just didn't even, they didn't even talk about it. They, okay, so he's learning to be this badass, I don't want to nitpick too much, but he's learning to be this badass samurai by training by hugging this four-foot guy. And why the hell is some guy in, like, this small village in Vietnam teaching him to be a samurai? I just, it blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it was more like a, a, a just a plot convenience, you know? It's <laughs> like, uh, you know, because, you know, indigenous tribesmen, you know, they can heal him, they can fashion him a, a, a staff that's actually a quite spectacular blade, and then they can teach him to use it despite the fact that he's blind. So, uh, you know, it was a plot convenience. But I was going to say there was a spot where he – Rugger Howard beautifully encapsulates, like, this sense of uh, a commencement when he rests his head on the, uh, on the instructor's head and kind of lets out this, like, really, like, comforted sigh at the end of that sequence. Uh, I, I thought that was a brilliant little piece of film that they put in there. Unfortunately, they didn't have a lot of moments like that in the in the film. Uh, and then I thought the the other thing that really stood out to me was the sequence when he's walking in Miami, Florida, twenty years later, and uh, they're, they're, they pan down on his feet, you know, and and they show him with the staff, and he's you know avoiding all the obstacles. I thought that was pretty clever, but uh, unfortunately, the movie. It didn't. Uh, it didn't. It didn't really hold up after that. No, and- you're right. That was beautiful. So that was actually directed by a man named Philip Noyce, uh-huh. and he did Patriot Noyce. Games. Noyce. I thought the same thing. Noyce, right? Key and Peele. Yeah. Yeah. Noyce. Um, he did uh, Patriot Games. He did Clear and Present Danger. He did The Saint. He has a few other pretty awesome things on his on his register. He did this and. He did, I felt like the way you did. You said it earlier, and I felt the same way. 80s action. Like, I wrote in, I, wrote, I made some notes on the film, and one of the main things I said is, like, a standard 80s ending. So, unlike Zatoichi, and we got to get back to Zatoichi here yeah, in a minute. Yeah. We, we've, jumped, we've jumped over to yeah. the, the badness that is, like, in our time. Because, I don't know, I feel, I'll just quickly throw out the Zatoichi challenged in most of them. They're beautiful films. I mean, they're beautifully filmed, and, like, they knew what they were freaking doing. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous. But, yeah, they did not have that with Blind Fury. I watched Blind Fury when I was, like, 12 years old, and I thought it was the most brilliant fucking film ever. I love Rucker Hauer. I mean, I've always loved him ever since The Hitchhiker, or The Hitcher, as what it was called. Yeah. He, He was great. He was fucking psychopathic and just crazy. But the standard 80s ending is what they did. It's very different. In Zadoichi Challenged, he's like, I've come to this town. I'm looking for this guy. 
I find the guy. Hey, dude, um, I brought your son to you. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But it was very different from the, okay, the stage scene. There's this scene in Blind Fury where um, his name is what? Dick? Dave? I don't know. Frank Devereaux. Frank. No, 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 Frank. The other guy. You know, the guy who is Zadoichi. Oh, you're um, you're talking about Nick Harper. Thank you, Um, Nick. Nick is in the middle of like a stage and he's knocked over some drums and he's broken a guitar. He's just sitting there and he's trying to hide in the middle of a stage. This is one of the big problems I had with Blind Fury is that we're consistent with Zadoichi across the board, that he's blind, but he's not fucking useless. Like he'd never crawl across the floor like an asshole. Can I interject here real quick? Please, go for it. There was a scene at Boss Gonzo's estate yeah. where he is completely serene. He's already dispatched with like two waves of guys and gotten the, the girl and the kid out of the, out of the, uh, out of the closet. And he's, he's, he's walking through uh, an area with, uh, with steps. And there's, the choreography was so brilliant. He fell on the steps. I know the, I know the part. Yes, please and go he, ahead. Still defends himself and kills like three guys. I was like that. That made me happier than a faggot in a dick tree. When Dude, I saw that. Isn't that, it, that, it is the best. Oh my god, it's the best thing in 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 my. I mean, it's so good. He tripped. I know the part you're talking about. He's like they're all like looking, haha, and then he steps and he trips, and it was nothing. He just fucking killed everyone. It's just oh. They looked like they were gonna shit their pants. <laughs> and tripped and then they came in and it was like over. And I like the way that the actor, you know, getting back to uh, uh, Zadoichi, you know, there there were things that were very subtle. Uh, you know, the the way that he and Ryota, you know, if you didn't know, if you had just seen the movie from the time that they are first on the road before they meet the troop of Miss Tomo, yeah, if you if you hadn't known that he wasn't really his uncle. The boy and and uh, Zadoichi had a real instant chemistry. Like they look like they belong together, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then uh, uh, you know it, the it, you know whether it was faking the injury or the face in the sand or the rice ball scene with the boy. Oh, that was a good scene. You know the rock candy. You know the the drawing of his mother that Zadoichi never really knows is him. Oh my God. So that was really good. So two things you just brought up. First off, the drawing of his mother. I love that. He draws Zadoichi and and Zadoichi doesn't know that the kid has drawn Zadoichi's face as the face of his mother. His mother died, takes this boy, he knows his mother's dead and he shows a picture like art to the father. The father sees it and not only doesn't even react to the fact that it's Zedoichi's face, reacts to the fact that he knows that artist quality could mm-hmm. only have come from his son and yeah. said immediately, when can I meet him? Me that, was, yeah. that was brilliant. Another thing, there was a scene in this movie that, um, that made me laugh out loud so hard. I, I lost my shit. Uh, the, they're at the Miss Tome is being greeted by the troop of Boss Tobe. <laughs> yeah, and you know the uh, forgive me guys if if my pronunciation is terrible. I don't know anything about Japanese culture or language. 
which is why I'm I'm on this podcast. No, uh, and then uh, you know, so and they the the guy's talking to her, and then this guy from Boss Monzo comes up, and he like grabs him by the collar, and he open hand slaps him, and he open hand slaps him in such a way, it, it's so disrespectful that it's emasculating. You know, yeah. Like he just like I know he eventually does worse to him, but that first open hand just like he just casually walks up to him and just grabs him by the collar and then just smacks him like 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 where's my money kind of thing. And I, it was just so disrespectful and so emasculating. I died laughing. I I, I lost it at, at that point. That <laughs> that's when I knew I would love this movie. Okay, well I'll throw in there. So. I think anybody who's going to listen to this is not... Uh, well, if you do come in and you're listening because you want to know how awesome Blind Fury is, well, it is, it's awesome in its own yeah, fucked up shit. But I'll throw out a few things. So the Zadoichi films are not like that. They, they weren't even... They weren't... I can't believe that they made so many of them and so quickly, like multiples per year. Like yeah. sometimes there would be three... Satoichi's in one year. Wow. And you know the people were just lining up. And each yeah. one was good. Like, these were good directors, like, doing good stuff. And, again, Shetu Okatsu's brother doing similar kinds of movies. But they did really special stuff. So, first off, Satoichi's sword style. It's called reverse grip. Yeah, and, I noticed he was holding it in a reverse kind of manner. Yeah, and it yeah. makes perfect sense for him. I think that yeah. was a... I've read a bit about it, and there there was that style. Like people, like well, some samurai would would adopt it, and I guess they would adopt it in weird ways. Like okay. if they disarmed someone, they were able to fight in that style. But he did it as this protective kind of bubble around his blindness, and I thought yeah. that I thought that was fucking awesome. But one thing I wanted to bring up, one thing I loved before I ever loved Zadoichi, I loved Columbo, and I feel like they are very similar to each other. They're both badass motherfuckers that play dumb the whole time until they fucking get you. So Columbo, it goes into my heart. I mean, forever. I love Peter Falk, but it's the same thing. He's like, ah, just one more thing. Let me ask you about this. It's very similar. Like, Zadoichi, it's very, very similar. They're like, hey, why are you doing this? He's like, oh, woo, you know, kind of, I don't know. And then he just fucking kills everyone. It is beautiful. I, I think uh, I think there's a flip side to that too about uh, Zadoichi is that he's uh, he's very humble, like inherently very humble, kind of self-deprecating, uh, very tender-hearted as we find out, and witty. Yeah. And he, he he's like he, he he demonstrates to me like the perfect use of power. It's not belligerent. It's meek. You know. It's it, it, he he seeks out something and then he'll and then he'll dispatch people if he if he has to. Yes. And, he, and did you notice in this universe, the samurai are fucking douchebags? Yeah. Like almost always. Like yeah. the exception is the one-off. There's like the one guy who might be the guy that's like the target of whatever, and he's nice. But the rest of them are all like, oh, I, I yeah, Zadoichi, <laughs> I'm going to fucking like come over here. You're blind. So, okay, I'm just going to jump onto a tangent there. I'm so sorry. It's good. just really quick. Yeah, in both films... People hate blind people. I've never hated a blind person. I can't even imagine hating blind people. But they fucking hate the blind. And in both cases, in both movies, thank God. In fact, I would go as far as to say Blind Fury is all about people hating the blind and the blind <laughs> having some special power. Whereas Zadoichi is more about, 
I don't know if you, I've ever mentioned this to you, but the the name Zadoichi, it's it's like a pun of some sort. I'm sure someone will comment to me that I don't have it exactly right. If you are Ichi, Ichi is one, and okay. yeah, so being Zadoichi, it was commonly like given to masseuses and things. They were like the lowest rank in all of the Japanese hierarchy. Okay. Like, but also. This was a Japanese friend of mine told me this, that Zadoichi, when you combine it with Zado and Ichi, it means something like badass swords guy. I don't know. I gotta get, I'll get a follow-up on that, but it's a pretty badass. I, I think if they were true about it, and I don't... I, I like it either way. Whatever. If they're true, that's a cool-ass fucking pun on a movie. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I, I thought... Uh, you know, I loved his character. I, I thought the boy... You know, for Ryota, for having to play the role that he did. You know, the problem with a lot of child actors is they just ruin the movie. Uh, he didn't. He played his part. I thought Miss Tomo was a charming character. The the one thing I I, I real my heaviest criticism against the movie would probably be that that it, there wasn't more of that singing um, mistress. I was going to ask if you liked the pop singer. She was like I, a really popular pop singer at the time um i had her name at one point but yeah she was big and they like they used her right and that, yeah. was, that was brilliant i uh I, I felt like if i was a japanese guy in that time i would have wifed her so hard you know it would have it would have i would have wiped her so hard man and she sings that song about you know when her you know when her blossom wilts you know and it's kind <laughs> of that that eternal like woman the the eternal fears of a woman is that you know they'll you know once they lose their youth you know that they'll lose their value and i thought it was just a she was oh she was so brilliant i was like man i got i i got heartburn when i every time she was on the screen i agree i agree completely okay so let's touch on it for a second on one of the most iconic scenes which is the candy eating scene who did it who did it better zadoichi or zadoichi yeah, I mean, I don't really think in any any of the reflection scenes that they did that uh, that Rugger Hauer's character did anything better. In fact, he even goes so far as to call Billy a little prick at some point. I mean, I mean, Zadoichi is like, don't let the kids see me kill anybody, and you know, he's really respectful and kind, and he's got these things called morals. And then you have Rugger Hauer, who's like. Yeah, you know the other thing. There were a couple things about it that that kind of confused me. I I wondered one, why did they make it that uh, that the blind guy was friends with the, with the father of the son? I thought that was an interesting and kind of different twist. I didn't quite understand that. Um, unlike in in Zatoichi, I really didn't care about any of the other characters in Blind Fury. Like, I, I mean, Frank Devereaux was boring. Um, By the way, you know that is uh, John Locke from Lost. Yeah, yeah, John Locke. Yeah, he's a he's a famous actor, but I mean, his role was I mean terrible. Oh, it was terrible. He was he was really bad. So I wanted to say with the candy scene, um, uh, no. I liked that. We choose better, and I, that comes as no surprise, yeah. right? But I'll throw out that in the context of each film, in one case, I feel like Zadoichi was just sort of the the boss, right? He's bringing this kid with him, and he's he's going to kind of lord over what's happening. But there was that scene in Blind Fury where the little shit laughs about Rutger falling over into the mud and hurting himself. And then the kid himself says, I have perfect fucking eyes. I can see. And then he falls down 
Oh, I thought that was the greatest scene in the movie. I, I felt the best scene in the movie was um, they're in a cornfield. Oh, yes. And uh, there's two guys with about 10 feet between them. <laughs> and Rugger, and, and like one of the guys is like so fat and he's got like, he, he, it, like j- just to make sure that the, that the dumb audience gets it, you know, they put like a big bag of popcorn. Do, in I was going to say, do you remember his name? Yeah. His name was Popcorn. In, okay, so Popcorn's eating popcorn and he's got a <laughs> shotgun. Yeah. And uh, Rugger Howard, this would never, this like made me laugh so hard. I, I almost pissed myself. Uh, Rugger Howard like is in the corn and it right in front of the trail. And he goes, he hops out just for a second and yells, shoot. And then hops back <laughs> yeah. and popcorn pops around without even thinking and just shoots his, his cohort, like <laughs> down in cold blood. I was just like that, that, that is this movie, that, that scene yep. tells you everything you need to know about this movie. It's going to be, it's going to be funny. It, it was funny. I mean, the, the kid at one point, he said, they're getting, okay, first of all, how, how much of a crime is it to take a kid from Miami to Reno, Nevada on a Greyhound bus? Oh, I saw, like, like I saw a lot of, like, illegal stuff. So, listen up. I love this, because you're right. At the point I'm in the cornfield watching this film, I still thought we're in the realm of forgivable stuff. Yeah. So, we follow that scene with him samurai slashing the guy. He's wearing body armor, so he's fine. And then we get to the two dipshits in the car. My God, with, that was the worst part of the movie. Oh my God, with the with the fucking pistols. The brothers. Yeah, it, it was the worst. It was, it was the worst. It was the worst. The, the, at that point, I wrote in my notes, so cringeworthy. It was so fucking stupid. Oh my God. So we get you into know, that. I, mean, I, you know what I wrote? I wrote two cowboy kidnappers are shitty, lazy characters. Oh, it was fucking terrible. Shitty, lazy characters. And then we just get into dumb stuff. Like, we've gone into an Ernest movie, you realize. Yeah. Ernest P. Worrell. Exactly. He, oh, I'm a blind guy driving a van. Ooh, how novel is that? And the kid's telling him how to turn and stuff. And he, he hits that Texan, and the Texan's like, what, are you blind? And he looks at him, and he says, yeah, but what's your problem? I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, at that point, I, I, I actually questioned my decision that we were going to talk about this movie at all. I mean, I'm just like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? It would have been one thing if we hadn't watched Satoichi first, but it's it's really hard not to shit all over Blind Fury. I mean, I, I mean uh, there, there was a point, I mean, I wrote also that the death scene for the mom was really shitty. So they gunned down the mom, like, immediately with a shotgun. What's going to stop that? They've already caught a murder beef. Why would they pause and tell the blind guy to put his sword down? It was so dumb. Yeah, I, was- I, I wrote a note, yes, senseless killing of mom. Like, it it was just like, how am I going to get the kid? In Zadowichi, right? This is a, a woman yeah. who's dying. She happens to share a room with Zadowichi. Exactly. And okay. she's like, long time. yeah, she's like, please, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to fucking die tonight. Yeah. Please take my kid to this village about, I don't know, 60 miles away and give him to his dad, please. Yeah. And she dies, and that's exactly what Zedoichi does. And Zedoichi wouldn't have done it. Like, if this woman would have been, like, some prostitute, said, Kate, hey, would you take my son? He'd be like, uh-huh. right, like, fuck you. And, you know, whatever. I know him, I know the character well enough. It was exactly what he needed to do. So I cannot believe in the American version of 
Zadoichi Challenge that we go to such a fucking extreme to somehow get this kid into the blind man's hands. Like, yeah, we had the guy, by the way, his name is um, Randall, what is his name? I got to look it up. Oh, sorry. Uh, Randall Tex Cobb. By the way, so that character, I, that, that man, that actor, Randall Tex Cobb, he was the big dude with the big cigar. He oh, played yeah. he in, he, in, yeah. Fle- in Fletch 2. Uh-huh. He was the guy in jail that his name was Bend Over. Nice. I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that. I I brought that on for you. Anytime you bring up sodomy, you know you're always going to get a giggle out of me. <laughs> well, there's this movie called Uncommon Valor. And Uncommon Valor, I saw that in the theater back in like, oh, I think it was somewhere around 96. I saw it with my dad. Uh, it was a brilliant fucking film. It was, it was Gene Hackman getting a group of people together to go back to Vietnam and find some prisoners of war. And that was really big at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this guy, that shithead in, in blind fury, he was a great character in it. He was a beautiful big man that wanted to save POWs. And again, Gene Hackman, it also had one of my favorite guys of all time, Tim Thomerson from Trancers. I love Tim Thomerson. So much. Anyway, so I when I looked up, I saw him today, and I'm just like, or I, I watched some of it today I, as a refresh, but I watched the other day. Anyway, I um I saw Tex, and I'm like, okay, I, he's been good. He's been like a good guy a few times. And I looked it up. He hasn't been a good guy very many times. For the most part, his whole career has been the same shithead he played in this film. So, yeah, you know, I mean, he plays it well. Um... Yeah, I, I, the other thing I kind of I kind of felt was interesting was like you know along with like making it so that the blind guy and the father of the son are you know the uh, are are friends and then giving it that Vietnam edge. Uh, the other thing that interested me was why they made tried to make Rutger Hauer as affable as Zatoichi because Rutger Hauer, Peter Weir, John Voight, these people have faces of people that don't look very nice. I mean, you know, like Rutger Howard can, I'm sure he's a nice person, but he just looks like a tough, like he's got a tough face. You know, he's a, he doesn't have a warm and inviting, he's warm and, and inviting as he tried to be. I just couldn't picture him. I mean, cause he's played a bad guy plenty of times. I just couldn't picture him outside of that. I, I kind of felt like with a name like blind fury, I kind of felt like if you're going to take licenses with it, why not kind of make it more of a, of a of an enforcer or like you know or, or and he has been i've seen him in those roles you're right 100 yeah. percent. like he's got that kind of character i mean holy shit um he's done a ton of like weird b movies yeah 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 and he's always a, he's always a hard ass oh but my favorite well, one of my favorites is hobo with a shotgun it's exactly what you're saying he is a gentleman, all he wants in life is enough money to buy a lawnmower and people fuck with him and he gets a shotgun instead of a lawnmower and kills everyone. It's fucking brilliant. It's a tale as old as time, really. A tale as old as time. You know, I, um, I, I did like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'd like to talk about some of the things I felt like Blind Fury got right. Please. Um, the 80s Switchblade. Oh, yeah. The making guy. Until there's a switchblade. Okay, so first off, I'd love to throw in a little thing with that. Um, they overspiced his burrito. Yeah. And that was, again, hatred of the blind. 
Well, and it was kind of like a stereotypical scene too. Like here's some probably Cuban descendant kid who's <laughs> fucking with some, you know, gringo in the uh in the old uh in the old restaurant. The 80 Switchblade was it was it was a good it was like it was good because it like it, it you knew where you were. If you did, if the mullets didn't give it away, the 80 Switchblade did. Oh, they, but yeah. one thing I loved he then overspices his burrito and he eats it and says it wasn't spicy enough. Can you be more like macho? Can you be more macho? Yeah. So then the guy starts sexually assaulting a woman and also stealing her purse. I mean, all things that happen all the time in the in restaurant. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mind was blown right there. I'm like, okay, I get that we're this is a setup for Zadoichi to kill every. I'm sorry for what's his name. Oh Rugger, our, our Nick Harper. Nick Harper gets his burrito overspiced, and he then has this asshole sexually assault some woman, and he decides, oh my god, I just had some purse fall at my feet. I'm not going to just hand it back. I'm going to go ahead and beat the shit out of everyone without ever loosing my cane sword, which is just crazy to me, because Zadoichi, he would have had no problem killing everyone in the room. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, so another thing I think they did right was that in in Zatoichi, I understand that the plates that they're making at the kiln are illegal, but I don't know exactly why, and I don't give a fuck because they never t- they never do me the favor of telling me why. Like I don't. Oh, care. dude, that was pornography. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like not only was it's what he says it's forbidden plates and it's with forbidden gold and silver. So that gave me like two rationales why it was forbidden. Sure, but it doesn't give me the impact of that. Why? You you're telling me something, but you you just expect me to believe it. You don't don't waste my time. Make me feel ways about things. I okay. feel ways about Akatsuka. I Do, want to know why he's so fierce about it. I know? just want to I want to, I want to ask you. Don't you think it's fucking hilarious that when they do that in the American version, uh, he's making I think. Maybe meth. Yeah, I think it's meth. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that at least made sense because it's a prohibition. So there's a prohibition on these plates, and there's a prohibition on well, drugs. Dude, they but, had they literally the problem was they had tits on them. Yeah, well, I mean, but they don't really explain they the do. impact that it had. They no, they do. I, Come on, I, that dude. was really rushed. I thought that was like two seconds, and it was like whatever, and like that didn't make me feel like Akatsuka, who's like threatening to kill, like. I know women and children. I was like, that's kind of lame. No, nah, it was it was boobs twenty four seven. Like it, you, you just missed it. It was boobs. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was. They they said it with their forbidden plates, and then they said they got like you know, uh, forbidden gold and silver. So like, I wanted. I was wondering like, was there a monetary like problem? You know, like maybe there wasn't enough gold and silver. I don't know. You know, I like. I was like, I wanted to know more. I wanted to feel. Invested. I hear you. I hear you. I just love so much that the bad thing. Was boobies on a plate? Yeah, like like that's the worst they could come up with. Listen, we need murder everybody here. Well, we need him to make the boobies on the plates forever. Otherwise, we're fucked. We're making so much money on these fake. Nobody else here can make the boobies as good on the plates. (laughs) And then the uh, on the other one on on the uh, Blind Fury, they they get it right because they. uh, First of all, it's drugs. So, you know, I'm an American. I've lived with the prohibition of certain uh, narcotics my entire life. 
So I understand the ra- – I don't agree with throwing people in cages for those kinds of things, but I understand the rationale. I understand the impact. I understand how it, how it affects society. And then they give me the motivation why, he's, why the casino owner is doing it. The casino owner wasn't always just trying to uh, bake up meth. He was, you know, uh, he's, he's, in a, he's in a bad spot, you know, yeah. financially. So that, it gives me like a rationale. It's simple. It's a simple story, but it works, right? Like that, that I feel like was way, was, was a solid part of the movie that Zadoichi kind of needed a little work on. I, I wanted to give that to him. I was like, you know, you guys, you might have put a digital Casio watch on Rutger Hauer's arm, but you got the motivation for the bad guy, right? You know, yeah. and there was, a, there was a scene, there was another scene that made me laugh so hard is when they're in the hotel and they set on they set the the drug lab on fire. Yeah, and they're like halfway through the hallway, and the 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 fire alarms go off, and they look like shocked. They did. They looked <laughs> completely shocked. They're like, "What the fuck?" They like both stopped and just kind of looked in the air for a minute. Like, what is that? You have just co- you have just ignited copious amounts of flammable material, and you are shocked that that the functioning alarm fire alarm system is going off. I I just and uh, then a oh, wonderful scene. Nick takes his awesome katana and chops the doorknob off of the door to the stairs. And Frank Devereaux's like, what, what did you just do? And he, he did a double step take back, like, what? And he looks at the door and then he goes in. And like, He's mystified. Like, well, we just cut the doorknob off, guy. What sorcery is this? <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Another thing I thought was kind of funny was a few minutes before that when he cuts the panel off of the elevator oh, and then yeah. stops the elevator. Like, okay, yeah, like, so he cut the panel off, stopped the elevator, and then I don't know why he takes his sword and shoves it into the electronics yeah. to like super short them out. So the guys in the elevator were like, fuck, and then they're like, I, nothing else changed, but they're like, fuck, double fuck. So the guy he fought at the end, the Japanese guy, yeah. there's, a, there's a very funny scene. I thought it was the most hilarious scene in the whole film. But they're sword fighting, choo-choo, cool. And at one point, um, Rucker reaches his hand up and touches the man's face. Japanese, huh? And he says, hey, Japanese, huh? So that Japanese guy, his name is uh, Sho Kosuji. And I've known him my whole life. I mean, God, I was like 10 years old when I saw my first Sho Kosuji movie. Yeah, and this would, be, this would again reflect why the movie-making for Blind Fury is, is just out and out lazy compared to Zatoichi Challenge because you, we know everything we need to know from that first scene in the movie of Zatoichi Challenge. And there's this building tension between Master Akatsuka and yeah. And, um, you know, even though there, there's a mutual respect and friendship and they keep running along the way, you keep – and you just naturally – it gets anticipatory that you are going to see a fight between these guys. But we don't actually know that that's really going to go down until they're at the intendant's office and they say, yeah. we're going to kill everybody. And Zadoichi's keeping um, Shokichi alive. And so, you know, and then when we finally get to the end scene, you could argue that Zadoichi's the better swordsman, but he throws his sword to protect Shokichi and yep. he steps in the way and he, he risks his own life he, to save Shokichi, you know, and this from and he did it in front of a samurai who just said a moment ago, I will cut down women and children to make sure this guy's dead. Yeah. You know, it it, it, it speaks something. It's, I mean, it almost says like that 
all the graces that uh, or that Zatoichi has performed for everybody in this movie go before him to save him. I mean, it was so compelling that uh, Master Akatsuka did not cut him down. Whereas on Blind Fury, the the challenger is just like, oh, and by the way, we got Bruce Lee's dead, so here's this kid. And, uh, you know, you already know how he's going to die when they spend all this money making sure that the lighting fixture falls into the jacuzzi. Oh, that was so dumb. And you're right. You're right. Like, one is so honorable and beautiful and... It isn't even it isn't even a cultural or a time based thing. No, no. Like anyone who can't sit down and watch this this awesome fucking samurai movie and not see it as a samurai movie, but see it as just a study of this this guy who's fucking badass. Yeah. I mean, it was so dumb. I mean I can't even imagine that somebody watched Sadoichi challenged and came up with Blind Fury. Exactly. exactly. I just can't oh, even God. imagine. That. Oh, I get. I lost my shit on that. that. Oh my god, that was so fucking. It was ridiculous. I, I, you know, I. I mean, I'm not saying I can write better than whoever wrote this script. I'm just saying that I. I know that it can be written far better. It was a lazy time. You know, yeah. we did this with the nostalgia factor. I remember when we first talked about it. Um, I thought, what a great idea because Blind Fury is fun. But what I found is that Blind Fury wasn't fun at all, even though it has one of my favorite people of all time, Rucker Hauer. I love him. He's a beautiful man, a beautiful actor. I hope he's in great shape right now. I don't know. All I have to say is I love him. I love his movies. Blind Fury is now at the bottom of my list. Yeah, I, I would say I would rec- – I, I put in my notes that I would recommend the movie – on two conditions. If you were going to watch Satoichi, then, you know, watch Blind Fury first. Not yeah. because it's a better movie, but just because you will appreciate Satoichi that much more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And number two? It would be that if you are, like, under the age of 25 and you're not exposed to a lot of 80s action movies, this is the quintessential 80s oh, action. Oh, dude, I mean, if you sat down with a 12-pack of beer and a friend and got through Blind Fury, you'd laugh. You'd even laugh yeah. at the stupid fucking Hick brothers and there's guns and... <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. You're right. And it, I, maybe we're unfair. Like, if we step back, it's an 80s flick. Yeah. It should never have been based on... I mean, because it, it, is, it is really based on it. Like, people could try to separate them, but it really is. Like, there's so many aspects. Like, think of the... The pornographer making the plates in Zadoichi yeah. compared to the John Drug. Locke, John Locke doing the drugs. Yeah, there's like so many parallels all the way up to the ending fight, which, of course, they would have really needed to have Shokosuji earlier in the film as like some protagonist that becomes an antagonist. I don't know. But yeah, it's and and I'm I'm unfair because I love so many 80 shitty things, but I'm sorry after this. I'm done. Blind Fury is dead to me. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's something where, um, you know, it, it's hard to watch a movie from the 60s because if you take a movie from the 60s in general, you know, American cinema, yeah, you're going to get a better story. You know, this was a time when they had to rely on the story and the strength of the story and the strength of the directing and the acting to entertain people. And now 
you know, uh, you could make a movie like Transformers and be like the gro- the highest grossing movie of 2014. And it's like mind numbing shit. Thank you. Know? Thank you. Thank you. You're a hundred percent right. I had this conversation with someone a week ago. They were like, well, no, it's mindless entertainment. And I said, no, it isn't. It's like the dumbing down of America. Fuck Transformers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really no story. Uh, there's a lot of product placement and CGI graphics, and you know, there's there are characters that are built to pander to people uh, just based on demographics. It's it's a movie made by people who don't feel ways about telling the story. You know, it's just a business. Okay, Lee. If we step back, if we would have just watched Blind Fury, how different would this conversation have been? I mean, it would have been different in the fact that it would have been solely about the the pros and cons of, of an 80s. Action. It, would, it would have been a lot of laughter about yeah. the dumb shit they're doing. Yeah. Like, we set ourselves up for failure because we watched something so serious and beautiful, yeah. and we followed it up with something that just shits all over it. I mean, every scene, I mean, it was a beautiful action flick. I mean, it is 80s action, right? I mean, the time he chops the fucking board down behind the shack and makes uh, Tex fall down. And then the boy's like, uncle, you know, it's just crazy shit. It, it had its scenes and maybe, I mean, I've watched dumb shit. I mean, let, let's just go with some mainstream dumb shit. Evil Dead 2, one of my favorite films of all time. If you compared it to a Japanese movie from 60 years prior, yeah. It's all serious about going to this dark house in the forest and shit happening. And now suddenly you're watching Bruce Campbell get his hand chopped off and hitting him his own head with plates and shit. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Are we being so unfair to Blind Fury now? Because it, I, mean, I think we are. I, I think it, I, it's easy to sum up. It was a remake of Zadoichi, which means it sucks ass hardcore. I don't know. Give me your take. I, I feel like I feel because Zadoichi shows them the template to because you 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 want to make a remake. You don't want it to be exactly the same because you know then they just say you're ripping off the story. But right. if you make it too different, then you know it's too different. So I feel like and they did a good job of trying to make it rhyme. I think where they went wrong was shoving in. Um the Vietnam scene and making, uh, making him friends with the boy's father. I feel like they could have found an, a much more streamlined way to write how Rutger how or Nick Harper, uh, meets the boy. And they, they wouldn't have needed to kill the mom in that yeah. weird, like that was a really forced. It was, ab- really forced. It was so abrupt. I mean, holy yeah. shit. They killed the hell out of mom and beat up the boy. And and they don't – I mean, like, once you've already caught the merge – I mean, like, I'm telling you right now, if I were ever stupid enough to shoot somebody with a shotgun, I'm not going to let – I'm not going to hesitate to kill the other person. Why wouldn't they have? I mean, I sat there thinking the same thing as you. They just killed mom for no yeah. reason. They yeah. still have a full shotgun. Kill the blind man too. Take the boy. Yeah. Guess what? Movie's over. Yeah, and then also uh, he lies to Billy. I mean, he lies to Billy, never calls the cops. I mean, there was a couple of things, but I I, th- I felt like that was a weird turn. I felt like that. I mean, I know they wanted to try and explain how the blind man learned, but there were, they could have written that 
just as easily in a different and, and, and kept true to the story in that format. And I feel like they should have kept the idea of a challenger waiting in the wings. Oh my God. And I'd love to just, Oh wait, stop right now. We're still at the part of the movie where it was still serious. That's what's so funny about that. Cause once you acknowledge the fact that Nick Harper drove the van blind with the girl with the missing glasses, We've gone into dumb shit realm 5000. Like, we're out. It doesn't matter. At that point, we may as well have just fucking... He could have shot his own foot off. And I, then, I mean, he, I, then he couldn't chase people. Like, we're just making shit up that's dumb and fucking just going for it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it was a, it was a weird scene that they put in there. It could have been on the chopping block, but... I feel like in 80s movies, like, one of the, one of the charms about 80s movies is, is, like, they're in downtown Reno... And they're firing off guns at, at him, and there are no cops. I mean, the people are the people in, in the oncoming traffic are not reacting. No, that was dumb. I mean, like, there's a guy hanging out of the window of some old Lincoln Continental, and he's he's sitting on the door and he's shooting at the van in yeah. front of him in, in the, the middle of downtown. I mean that's that's part of the charm. Of it. I mean, the, like I said in, at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, in the eighties movies, you know, police they knew their role. You know, you you sit back, you collect your pension, you know, maybe clean up a few bodies. You let the protagonist uh, do his thing. You know, I like that. I, uh, I, I I mean, that's kind of like part of the eighties charm. You know, is like I, I mean, like I said, they didn't even call the cops when you know Billy's mom's dead. You know, yeah, it's just like. Get come with me, kid. We're getting on a shitty Greyhound bus. We're we're gonna try. Like, couldn't even take the train. Man. They even like implied, like the cop was coming over, and they're like, "Oh no, everything's cool." Yeah, yeah. The kid's like, "Yeah, yeah." I guess my mom's probably still alive somewhere. And then if you're really young, you know, fifteen. So there's a time when Matt, when uh, Matthew Whitaker, Evil Twin Ghost, our host, and I, you know, were older, and uh, there was a time when we did not have the internet. Okay. You know, all, the only thing we had was like either it was it'd be on the on the nightly news or it'd be in the newspaper. And uh, there's a scene that they shove in there where uh, Frank Devereaux finds out his ex-wife is dead and his son is missing on a newspaper. And Frank Devereaux is in Reno, Nevada. So either that boy's that boy's mother being shot and disappearance was the biggest news in the nation, you know, like on the front page of a national newspaper or that guy has like a, a, a subscription to the Miami Herald, you know, it, it it was like, it was so forced in, like it wasn't something that you could just, it it was just, it's just like little details. Like, like I said, the blind guy has a digital watch on his wrist. That's wrong. Well, he, he can't tell time because he can't see the clock, you know? I mean, and he's already playing it up as how blind he is. I mean, everywhere he goes, people are fucking with him. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, Really quickly, um, Blind Fury, absolute hatred of blind people, like in, 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 in a way that doesn't make any sense. Zedoichi, hatred of a blind person because they're inferior in race and all, and, you know, they're mean. So you know that scene from uh, Zedoichi Challenge where he spilled tea and he chopped off that guy's eyebrows. Which was hilarious. Yeah, they did it again in Blind yeah. Fury, but it wasn't nearly as good as in Zadoichi. No, not enough. Not, they didn't have my girlfriend in that in that scene. Exactly, exactly. Eyebrows at him. But mean. then um, what I was going to say is um, 
oh yeah, the the gambling thing. So they played it up a little bit. I feel like they paid homage to it in the whole Blind Fury thing that yeah, he came in. Scene, actually, I like that one. Yeah. But let me tell you, watching, I've watched uh, all of the Zadoichis, and it happens again and again. And it's him, he sits there, and he can hear the dice, and he knows where they're going to land, so he wins. And sometimes they'll come and cheat him, just like they did in Blind Fury. They'll be like, well... Let's slip in another die, and we'll take out this one, and we'll see if you know we can get our money back. And then, of course, he'll chop the die in half, and he'll—it's always candles because we're not doing with a big casino, yeah. so cut those down. And he might kill everyone in the room; it just doesn't matter. Like he's gambling. If you let him win, it's a very weird thing to think about. As Sadoichi, he's a gambler and a murderer, and he's not a good person. He does have a sensitive side. He loves kids. He's more than once uh, kids and kids and hot chicks, and yeah, sometimes the occasional loser. He'll take him under his wing. He's not a bad guy. He's probably like we would be. Like, is there this guy that can you be sensitive to his problems? Cool, but for the most part, he's not nice. He's gonna go ahead and kill everyone in a gambling hall if they call him out, and he's a great fucking gambler. I feel like I feel like there's a there's a idea of like uh, live and let live, right? Oh, for sure. So, like, yeah, he transgress, it... but do not transgress him. Yeah, know? for sure. If you are if you are some samurai that's dumb enough to you know to start stuff. One thing we're gonna do soon, even if we don't podcast, you and I are gonna watch. Um, there is actually a Zadoichi versus Yojimbo. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait to see it. I, I figured out uh, what movie I want to watch after we watch. Uh, um, oh, yes. What is it? What are, what are we going to do? It's uh, it's Bloodsport. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my dude. God. We're going to have so much fun Kute. with that. Yeah. Oh, oh I cannot believe you chose that. This is like the best fucking flick. I cannot wait to watch it again. Yeah. So our next one is my favorite film of all time. And it's only because I started this shit. We're going to do it. I'm going to do one more. We're doing Highlander. And then, yes, Bloodsport is going to be fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, man, Bloodsport. More people need Bloodsport in their life. So thank you, Lee. I mean, I appreciated the hell out of this conversation. I I do love both of these movies. I really do. And I will never... I'll never watch Blind Fury again if I can help it. I mean, maybe if I had the context in another time to say... I need to watch it again. I love Rucker Hauer. I love his role in it. Um, somehow, it's it's just dumped on by my that by Zadoichi challenged, and I love Zadoichi way more than I love Frank in Blind Fury. So I won't watch it again. It'll always stay dear in my heart, but it's it's done. All right. So uh, final remarks would be. Um, you know, I, my verdict, you can read it on uh, cinemabushido.com, uh, but essentially, um, if you have not seen Zeroichi Challenged, you are missing out. There, you, have, you have no idea how big the hole in your heart is. Uh, if you do decide that you want to watch it, I would recommend watching Blind Fury if you've not seen it, just, just solely to see what... What what can what can go wrong? So you won't have any grounds to know why. <laughs> but just watch Blind Fury first. Just get through the. It's only like an hour and twenty five minutes, 
and and then see watch it and then be be prepared to be studs. That each challenge, despite being almost fifty years old and having older production values, is a brilliant movie. And uh, yeah, I was really I was really enthralled with it. It it just totally won me over. It was one of the best movies I've seen in, in a long time. Nice, and uh, I agree completely. Obviously, um, I imagine we're going to disagree in in coming podcasts about certain things, but. Uh, uh, I, I started this one out. Uh, Cinema Bushido is not just about uh, things that have to do with Bushido in its uh, in its classic term of uh, the way of the samurai, but it's about uh, good cinema. And uh, we went for this. We obviously chose something that follows both the great Bushido, like Sadoichi is brilliant stuff. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're gonna find other stuff. Uh, next one up, we have uh, we're gonna talk about Highlander, Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. One of my favorite films of all time. I can quote every line. Uh, I don't know will it hold up to the scrutiny under uh, Lee watching it and us discussing what it means and how it goes. I don't know. But uh, yes, thank you, Lee. This was a wonderful uh, movie get together. Uh, I. Love the hell out of the fact that we're bringing Zatoichi to more people. I hope people listen to us and and get it. I, it's a it's a great series of films, twenty six films plus a number of seasons of television, and we're going to have more of that too eventually. But we've got some other stuff coming up. And uh, well, thank you. Good night. Good night.